day one, hour unknown. I met a sickly scribe named Dahl in the mortuary. He knew I had forgotten myself before I even spoke to him. Did I know him before I lost my memories? I was hoping to get some answers, but this place seems to breed more and more questions. In the next room, you see a solitary zombie. This huge corpse looks to have been a heavy-set man in his early years. Judging by the condition of the body, he died only recently. The freshly stitched number on his forehead reads 1664. It looks like it is serving as a librarian, for it is carrying a huge stack of books in its arms. They appear to be old mortuary ledgers, none of them of any particular interest. However, you notice a loose page tucked away, hidden between two of the books. The tear is clean, as if with a knife. It's a list of dead bodies brought to the mortuary and locked in the receiving room. All the entries appear to be recent arrivals. 16,537, fifth night. Drunk, chest wound, cause of death, mauling, abishai, collector, parks, three commons paid, no possessions. 16,538, fifth night. Desiccated corpse, cause of death, indeterminable. Age of shell prevents identification. Collector, Farad. Three commons paid, no possessions. Stripped, knife marks evident from dissection. 16,539, fifth night. Scarred shell, cause of death, indeterminable. Scars do not appear to be cause of death. Shock trauma, collector, Farad. Three commons paid, possessions logged, Fist irons and 13 coppers common, middle table, receiving room. 16,540, fifth night, desiccated corpse number two, cause of death, indeterminable, age of shell prevents identification, collector, Farad, three commons paid, possessions logged, knife marks evident from dissection, but the dissection was not thorough enough, copper earring found lodged in abdomen, earring has been locked in the preparation room, have an initiate from the third circle examine it. It has strange markings like those on contracted worker number 79. 16,541, fifth night. Skeleton. Cause of death, indeterminable. Age of shell prevents identification. Collector, Farad. Three commons paid, no possessions. Stripped, knife marks evident from dissection. As with the previous entries, these shells Farad has brought also show signs of having been prepared. I have asked that Initiate Emmerich launch an investigation into the matter. Furthermore, entry number 16,542 was one of Farad's gang. I have seen the individual before. I would ask Emmerich to pay heed to how the man died. 16,542, fifth night, tiefling, male, cause of death, Slash marks and discoloration of wounds are consistent with grave rot. Ghoul claws. Collector. Farad. Three commons paid. No possessions. Stripped. Knife marks evident from dissection. As you enter the next room, you are immediately struck by the nauseating stench from one of the cadavers. Someone split open this man's chest and has yet to remove the internal organs. The bandages covering his body are soaked with blood. Even though this corpse looks several days dead, blood still trickles from his wounds. A heavily stitched zombie is shuffling lazily back and forth between two slabs. 
the number 506 has been stitched on its forehead, and the side of its neck, and its right arm. In fact, the skin of this peeling corpse has been sewn up with so many stitches, its skin looks like a bizarre street map. The stitches encircle the corpse running from its arms across its chest, up its neck, and into the damp mass of white hair. As you follow the crossroads of stitches, you notice someone has jammed a needle into the corpse's forehead. The needle is attached to a thread stitching up the side of the skull. You slice the thread neatly with the scalpel, then pluck out the needle and pull the stitches out. As you do, the skin covering the forehead peels back to reveal the corpse's chalk-white skull. Where to your surprise, the number 78 has been chiseled. Seems you got two different designations there, corpse. The corpse stares straight ahead, oblivious. Further to your right, corpse number 985 has stopped dead in its tracks. Judging from the condition of its left leg, it looks as if some sort of tomb rot or corpse mold has eaten through its knee. It wobbles back and forth, trying to keep its balance. You reach out to help steady it, but the corpse suddenly sways to the right and you end up tugging on its arm. Uh, Chief, uh, you might not want to do- There is a crack, and the body falls like a dead tree. Its torso strikes the flagstones and shatters like a rotten melon, filth and ichor gurgling from the cavity. To your surprise, the left leg remains standing where the body was, as if at attention. Then, after a moment, falls over with a wet thump. As you gaze upon the putrefied remains of the corpse, you notice that its left arm seems intact. It snapped from the torso during the fall and doesn't appear to have been touched by the tomb rot that had spread through the rest of the body. It looks like the combination of thick applications of embalming fluid and rigor mortis has made this arm almost as hard as wood. If you needed to, you could either use it to shake someone's hand from a distance, or use it to bash their skull in. Hmm, I wonder if I can make use of that arm. Mort looks at you, uneasily. I... I'm kidding. Whatever. Let's move on. By one of the central slabs, you see a slight young woman with pale features. The sunken flesh around her cheeks and neck makes her appear as if she is starving. She seems intent on dissecting the corpse in front of her, prodding the chest with a finger. Greetings. The woman does not respond, her entire focus on the body in front of her. As you watch her work, you notice her hands. Her fingers are talons. They are darting in and out of the corpse's chest cavity like knives, removing organs. I said, greetings. The woman makes no response. I think the dusty chit might be shot a hair in chief. Let's lay off, shall we? What's wrong with her hands? Eh, she's a tiefling, chief. They got fiend blood in their veins. Usually cause some ancestor of theirs shed knickers with one demon or another. Makes some of them addled in the head and addled looking, too. You tap her to get her attention. She jumps and whips round to face you. Her eyes are a rotting yellow, with small orange dots for pupils. Her expression changes from surprise to irritation, and she frowns at you. Uh, greetings. She doesn't seem to have heard you. She leans forward, squinting, as if she can't quite make you out. Whatever is wrong with her eyes must make her terribly nearsighted. You! She clacks her taloned fingers together and makes a few intricate motions with her hands. You find thread and embalming juice. Bring here. 
Tuivin, go, go, go! She shuffles you towards the gateway leading to the next room. Unsure exactly how to respond to being mistaken for a shambling corpse, you follow her bizarre orders and move promptly towards the gate. You think the room empty, aside from one large slab, until you notice a single zombie swaying gently in the shadows. The corpse gazes at you with vacant eyes. The number 821 is carved into his forehead and his lips have been stitched closed. A strong smell of formaldehyde emanates from the body. So, seen anything interesting going on? As you address the zombie, it blinks in surprise. Uh, what? Well, you're not a zombie. Who are you? The zombie is trying to respond behind stitched lips. He has a peculiar, half-frightened, half-angry expression. Oh, you? What you want? Who are you? The zombie doesn't seem to have heard you. He looks you up and down for a few moments, then frowns. What you do here? His eyes narrow to slits. You spoil justice. No, I'm trying to escape. Oh, you in trouble, what you do? I woke up on one of the slabs here. The zombie recoils. You... Barmy. Yes, I am Barmy. Very Barmy. He hisses and makes a shooing motion. You, you Barmy! Go away from me! You'll answer my damn questions first, or I'll make that disguise a reality. A sneer crawls across his face. You try and put me in dead book. I have friends today. You got nobody. You, you touch me, my friends kill you. What if I expose your disguise to the guards? There must be something in your eye that makes the zombie's expression crumble. No, 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 no don't call guards. Spy and Dusty, say, say what I'll see. Nothing more. Spy? For who? The zombie falls into silence, eyes darting about. He seems unwilling to say any more. It'll be a lot less painful for you if you tell me now who you're spying for. Hold on. This Burke must be an anarchist. <laughs> Posing as a zombie's gotta be a first for those adult sods. Anarchist? Ah, anarchists. They're a faction that wastes their time peeping on authority figures and looking for ways to tear down anything that stinks of order or control. The anarchists think every burke across the plains will be free and happy to seek out their own truth once the establishment is burned to the ground. They want to establish a new order. No order at all. That has to be one of the most stupid things I've ever heard. The zombie is watching you both fearfully, silent. But something in his expression tells you Mort's guess was right on the mark. The anarchists, huh? That are you watching this place for? The zombie turns away from you, hiding his expression. Never mind. What have you seen the dustmen do? Nothing. They, they do nothing. They can't find nothing. They're just dead. People, just dusties, do nothing. Still, I watch. How can I escape from here? Oh, you can escape through portals. He waves his hands. Portals? What portals? Portals. The zombie gestures around the room. Portals everywhere. Can you show me one of these portals? He is silent for a moment, then nods slightly as if in understanding. Why should I help you? Maybe we could help each other out. What do you want in return? You need to get a key for me. One iron key to Embalmer's room. Alright. Where is this key? A dusty chip has it. She has yellow eyes, blades on fingers. This dustman woman sounds really attractive. Are you sure you don't want me to introduce the two of you? 
The zombie blinks. He doesn't seem to have understood you. That was a joke. See, you're... you're oh, forget it. I'll go find your key. If you caught, don't say nothing about me. I'll get you in your sleep. I'll get your damned key. But you had best watch your threats, you hear me? You head back to the previous room, and see Avene is still dissecting the corpse's chest. The rhythm of her talons reminds you of something, but you can't quite recall what. You watch her for a moment, and start to feel a prickling along your scalp. And then suddenly, you find your vision swimming, blurring, until you are standing in front of a freshly slain corpse, rigor mortis making a mockery of its smile. The number 42 has been stitched onto its scalp. The zombie is lying on a slab, and you have just finished stitching up its chest. You have placed something inside, something that may prove useful if you come this way again. Keep these things safe, and wait for my return. The memory of your voice is an echo, strange and hollow to your ears. You cross your arms in front of your chest, and to your surprise, the corpse does too. After a moment, its hands fall back to its sides, and as it does, the vision fades, and you are watching Avene's hands make their stitching motions once more. You tap her again to get her attention. She turns, sees you, then frowns. You make the motion of a key turning with your hand. I need an embalming key. Do you have one? She leans forward, looks at your hand motions, then sniffs. Her hand darts into a robe, then emerges, a key hanging from her wickedly sharp index finger. She flicks it into your hand. Bring back when done. Go! Go! Again, back in the shadows, you see the false zombie. You're amazed at this man's disguise. His breathing is so subdued you can barely see it. Whoa. Here's that embalming room key you wanted. The zombie's eyes widen and he snatches the key from your hand. He turns it over, nodding all the while. Oh, good, good. Now, can you show me one of these portals? You will know. Go to auction, first floor, northwest room. Y- you need a finger bone, shape of crook. He holds up his index finger and bends it into a crook. When you have key, go to arch, jump to secret crypt, and can escape from here, secret escape room. You can rest the... Crooked finger bone. Where am I going to find one of those? Must be round somewhere. Uh, Look in storage rooms or upper floor, maybe there. All right. Uh, How did you get to look like that? Me good at disguise. Me also got scores. Me me were lots of embalming fluid. Me were good zombie. (laughs) The zombie giggles through stitched lips, then taps his head. Dusty stupid. Yeah, they're the stupid ones, all right. The sarcasm is evidently lost on the zombie, who nods eagerly. Uh, Dusty stupid, stupid dusties. Me like good zombie. Doesn't that hurt? He looks at your scars. I ask you same question. Me it not hurt much, me tough. I have to leave. Farewell. Circling round clockwise, you head into the next room. It is filled with machines and cabinets, along with a slew of cadavers resting on their slabs. In the center are two corpses hooked up to metallic devices, one riddled with tubes, 
A yellow liquid is cycling through the tubes into a strange machine. The machine is making clicking noises like an insect. Holding back nausea, you check through the cabinets and find a jar of thick green embalming fluid and a copper earring. It looks old, ancient even. It looks like it was meant to be worn, but there doesn't seem to be a hook or any means of actually attaching it to your ear. However, there is a series of grooves spaced evenly on the inside of the earring, and upon closer examination, they remind you of small fangs. They are definitely man-made, but you can't figure out what they were intended for. With both the embalming fluid and the needle and thread, you find yourself oddly drawn to fulfilling the task you were given by the tiefling dustman, and head back to complete your strange errand. Without missing a beat, Avine snaps the thread from your hands and hooks it around one of her talons, then begins sewing up the corpse's chest. She then takes the embalming fluid and begins to apply a layer to the corpse. Within minutes, she is finished. She clicks her talons, then turns to face you. To your surprise, she extends her hand and drags her talons along your arms and chest. You keep playing zombie. Looks like you have a new friend, Chief. You two need some time together, or... Stow it, Mort! As she traces your arms and chest, you notice she seems to be examining your scars. She withdraws her talons, clicks them twice, then bends forward and examines some of the tattoos on your chest. Hmm, who right on you? Hivers do that? No respect for zombies. Zombies, not paintings. She sniffs, then pokes one of your scars. This one bad shape, many scars, no preserves. Her talons suddenly hook into the thread you brought her, and lightning-like she jabs another talon into the skin near one of your scars. It feels barely more than a pinprick, but it looks like she's about to start stitching you up. You let her work. The sensation is curiously painless. When she is done, she sniffs you, frowns, then stabs her fingers into the embalming fluid. Within minutes, she has dabbed your body with the fluid, and strange enough, it makes you feel better. This may be the second time in my life I'm thankful I don't have a nose. Avine puts the last touches on your body, gives you another sniff, nods, then makes a shooing motion with her talons. Done! Go! Go! This world gets ever stranger. Day 1. Hour. Unknown. Watching Avin stitch up that corpse with a talons triggered a strange memory. I recall performing a similar operation on a corpse long ago, except that I think I was placing something inside its chest rather than taking something out. It felt like I was putting whatever it was in there so I could retrieve it later. In the memory, when I crossed my arms, the corpse itself crossed its arms as well. It had the number 42 written on its scalp. It would seem my memories are out there to be reached. Now, to getting out of this iron maze. The zombie spy told me there's a secret portal under an arch on the first floor of the mortuary. If I take a crooked finger bone up to it, it will activate and take me to a secret crypt where he says I can rest. He doesn't know where I could find a crooked finger bone, however, and suggested I try the upper floor of the mortuary.